0: Mind Chimp
1: podcast hello and welcome to this edition of the manchimp podcast regular listeners will be thinking whose is this voice so my name is tim roberts i'm the LD partner at misguided i have the very very lucky pleasure of hosting this podcast for you a very special edition because we're turning the tables on your usual host mr danny seals so I'm afraid you will have to put up with my dulcet tones a little bit in this. Danny's given us the opportunity to, as a little bit of a thank you, uh, and as a little bit of kind of trying something different from his point of view perhaps, is to put him in the chair. So a complete turnaround on this uh, edition of the podcast where Danny's going to be answering the questions. Uh, so Danny, welcome to your Mind Chimp podcast. <laughs> Feels good to be here, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> How does it feel having the tables turned on you and being in the opposite chair um a little bit a little bit awkward because obviously you know before going into these, I
0: know what questions I'm going to ask, and I know usually where the choke points are going to be within the questions and
1: I know where people are going to struggle um yeah. Uh, We'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> now, you say confidently you know the questions that you're going to be asked. I may have a few up my sleeve that might surprise you. Okay. And Danny has also very kindly invited, uh, I guess, members of his network, really, from our mindshim group to su- submit some questions. So for regular listeners, there are going to be some uh, new questions on this podcast for you. So, Danny, let's start at the beginning. Um, and this is your opportunity. Tell us about tell us about your logline. Tell us, summarise yourself cell phones, Danny. Okay. So... Um, I was driving
0: today on the way here, and I was like, "Damn, I've not really given myself any time to do this." So this is going to probably be on the spot. Um, a curious, creative chimp, swinging through lunch through life, one branch at a time, asking the two simple questions of why and how.
1: That's probably, it's probably yeah. Nice. I love how you call yourself a chimp.
0: Yeah, it's got to be done, it's got to be done.
1: Now, is that because your chimp mind overrules your human mind more often than (laughs) not? So, uh, why chimp? Why
0: chimp? So, I I guess I like the idea of chimp. I like the curious chimp. I like, you know, if you go back to the experiment years and years ago, which I think has now been proven to say that it didn't actually happen. and Basically, they created an experiment where they put in some, some stairs and put some bananas at the top of the stairs. And then what we do is we put in a load of monkeys within this within this room, and basically the idea was that the monkeys would go up, get the bananas, come off. And then what we did is we put a electrocution buzzer okay, yeah, on the yeah. third stair, and then what we did is we put a cold shower above it. So when the third monkey went when the monkey went up onto the first step, he got electrocuted, cold shower, jumped off. And then in this group of monkeys, what happened is every monkey went through this situation of getting electrocuted. And it was a social experiment. It was an experiment to see what happened. So what they'd do is remove one monkey and bring in another monkey. And then it was it was showing you how this behavior can develop. You know, and then what happened is over time, the monkeys started attacking this new monkey who got introduced into the group because they didn't want to get electrocuted. Yeah. But before, them, you know, the monkeys didn't know that. They removed the buzzer and the cold shower. So none of them actually went over to try and get this banana and left until 1. So even though the all the monkeys were attacking this monkey, saying, no, don't you get electrocuted and get this cold shower, the disruptive monkey, the curious one, still said, so what? And climbed up and went and got the bananas. So that's kind of one of the reasons where Mind chimp come from, one of the reasons where, yeah,
1: curious, creative chimp come from. Love it. The disruptive monkey. Yeah. There, there's a it? HR brand right there, mate. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so the question that everybody gets asked on the Mind Chimp podcast what do you want to be when you grow up um i guess when
0: i was in school it's hard because i think you know life life kind of the people who's around you at times you know they kind of shape what you wanted to be when you grow up and you know you could look at your great teacher and go i wanted to be a teacher no i didn't (laughs) um what i wanted to be when i was younger was my granddad used to always call me a mad scientist because I used to have these big glasses, which were like, I used to always go around and say, have you got any things you don't want? And used to create these scientists, but I didn't want to be a scientist either. What I wanted to be was, I wanted to do special effects in movies. I was always fascinated by how you could make someone look like, I don't know, a zombie or something like that. Um, so I, I wanted to do that. I wanted to be a special effects coordinator without knowing that was a full term. I just wanted to do that and make people look differently.
1: <laughs> so yeah, that was, that was what I wanted to be. I wanted to do that. It's a good career to ask that, I think, mate. That's it. Point point and just ask. (laughs) I really like what you said there, though, about when you're younger, you do tend to look at people around you and that kind of informs some of your choices. And I think that continues into the adult life because I think there's a lot of people still in the workplace that will look at their friend, positively, their work colleague and say, I want to do what they do. And there's also maybe that kind of peer pressure sometimes that I'm in this group in the workplace. If I suddenly say I want to do something different... Or I want to manage that team, they're sometimes put off by that. What what kind of examples are you seeing that in the workplace? Um I guess what I see in the
0: workplace is what I'm seeing quite a lot is um, Magpie syndrome. And you know, I am I guess I'd like to say I I I feel like this sometimes as well. I go, oh shiny new things, and and sometimes I do. But I think in order to be Good at what you do, you need to have a little bit of Magpie syndrome. You need to get something, you need to try it, you need to see if it works, you need to see how you can adapt it. You know, it might be a mobile app. How can you adapt that to the learning? How can you adapt that to the person? Um, but then you also see Magpie syndrome in a very opposite scale where it's just, oh, everyone needs to have VR headsets, and yeah. that's the future. No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> think about the person who's wearing the VR headset, that's yeah. the future. The people, um, so you, you can talk about kind of, I think, yeah, Magpie syndrome is a bigger. Um, I guess another thing which I'm seeing, probably, or what what I'm reading more than anything is um, probably just I think at the moment nobody really knows what learning development is anymore. I think we're in the learning development in put itself probably in a bit of a weird situation because nobody really knows what it is. What is what you know? Years ago, learning development would have been your classrooms. But what is learning development now? And then actually, is it an argument to say we need learning development? Do we need it or do we not? Because the chances are you people are finding what we need to find one way or another. Do we need some, Do we need a prescriptive team to do that? Mm-hmm. I'm not so sure. But I guess, yeah, the identity of L&D is something which I'm, which I'm really interested in seeing because if I look at kind of, I I don't associate, and I was having this conversation with, I think it was Barbs, Thompson, and I was saying, I don't associate myself with land development anymore. I probably haven't for probably the last two years.
1: Yeah.
0: I think if I had to draw a circle, I would probably say, you know, l and D's core, but there's a bit of marketing in there. I'd say there's a bit of comms around what I do. And then, yeah, marketing comms, um, l and D's you know, the core of it. And there's another one which 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 slipped me at the moment where it is, but I don't employee experience. Is something which is named day and I don't, I don't think L and D is that thing anymore. where it's a team that just does. It. I think L and D mm. needs to have a marketing headspace. It needs to have a comes. It needs to be able to market it, it, its its solution one mm. way or another. And you need to do that in a in a in a world what's full of noise. How do we make the cool stuff what people L and D are doing? How do we make that stand out? How 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 do we make sure that L and D is valuable, but when I say valuable I don't mean the usual crap What you have at return on investment and all that. I just mean yeah. how do people looking in go, shit, that team made a real difference. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and I want to be I wanna I want to part of that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah,
0: exactly. Because I if I go back to my my um very first experience within learning and development, I had a mentor called Sakib, and yeah. I still do. He's a he's a brilliant mentor and a brilliant, brilliant friend. The most humbling person you'll ever meet. But fundamentally, he was what got me into l and I had no real inkling on going in. I didn't even know learning development existed when I got into it, uh, when I got into, say, Tech Mobile and Telefonica. But I bought into him. I bought into him, his message, how he does things, how he creates experiences and kind of, yeah, it was, it was him who lit the fire. And then I went out and seeked from that point onwards. What is this, what he's doing? How is this doing? And how, do, how are the big players doing it? Or how can we, how can we bring in a bit of Google marketing in there? And kind of comes, how do we use that? And it's, um yeah, I, I bought into the person first, then I bought into the team, and then I bought into learn development. So yeah, it's a great show.
1: Yeah, that bit about marketing is so relevant, isn't it? And if you think about our learners or our customers, then we've got to market what we do. And I think what you said there as well is a really valid point that if, if we see really effective leaders as being the ones that ultimately put themselves out of a job over time because they create such a well-performing team, that legacy, there's an element of L&D that I think successful L&D teams will also put ourselves out of a job because we create learning culture and then it exists and people do it without having to be forced or prompted.
0: Yeah. I completely agree. And I think, you know, fundamentally a lot of people a lot of what we do is that creating things where they're not needed. You know, I think a lot a lot of what we're seeing now isn't a case of we've got to create the most we've got to create e learning, we've got to create classroom experiences. Fundamentally what we're doing is just making it easy for people to get the information what they want. Yeah. You know, we we talk about um, oh well, let's let's do this and let's do that. Actually, no. Let's let's just go right right back and let's just say this is how you're going to get there. And this is the way to do it. We don't need to recreate the wheel all the time. We just need to put a nice path in between A to B.
1: Yeah, yeah. Cool, thank you. So normally at this stage, we will ask uh, the guest on the Mountain podcast to choose four numbers. However, Danny's let me choose those for him. Uh, so the numbers I have chosen will be revealed at the end because Danny knows what those numbers mean. So uh, he's, he's trying to look at what I've written down, so I better hide <laughs> it from him. So we'll move uh, on to the, the kind of next step within the podcast, Danny. So you summarise yourself um, earlier on and, and through the conversation already, we're starting to get a good picture of you. But just, just tell us about... Uh, your background, uh, bringing you kind of from where you started out to where you are now, and that question of who are you?
0: Yeah, who are I? Um, so, I guess in order for me to understand... Yeah, okay, let's go back. I'll go all the way back to school and to kind of say why L&D is important to me. Maybe we'll do that in a bit. But, so I started... I got into L&D. I think I joined Tesco Mobile slash Telefonica, I want to say around about 2010, Yeah, I want to say. um. Went through there, started off as a customer service advisor, um, quickly got put onto their management program, went through their management program, became a manager and a coach. Um and then shout out to Tesla Mobile, they have a great culture. They have an absolute fab culture of your managers your manager, but it's also more than that. It's it's your person who you have your cons- consistent one-to-one with being consistent coaching sessions and they embed that into your the, you know the weird working week. Um so Kind of got into that, and I was like, okay, cool. But I still can't be creative here. I still can't challenge the norm. I can challenge it in maybe efficiencies and operational, but I wanted to get to the people before they come onto the floor. And so I referred back to my mentor, Sakib, and I reached out to Sakib and a guy called Martin Spink, and I was like, look, this is where I want to go. This is kind of what I want to get into. Help me. Help me. And what I find within L&D, one of the great things which I find is, Everyone is always up for helping helping yeah. each other. Um, and Martin been Sakeb, Saheed, they all kind of welcomed me with open arms. Um, and so but bit shortly, I got into the the learning development team. And I guess the... It was a section, a lot of what we did was for Tesco Mobile. So Tesco Mobile also had a joint venture, and a lot of it was um, for Tesco Mobile. And I can safely say... We created learning experiences, which has won awards. Um, But I think I got brought into the team because I I brought in a new slant on different things. So, you know, a lot of it was just kind of very, we use the term old school, but classroom based. And one of the things which I brought in was kind of being disruptive about being using the buzzword disruptive. So I would challenge a lot. I would say, okay, why are we doing that? Kind of, can we do it this way? Can we can we get a bit of learning to them before they come up to training? You know, flip classroom, usual weather. Um, so yeah, kind of jumped on. I jumped on board there. Um, had an amazing had an amazing team in it. I will home end up say it's the best team I've ever worked with. Yeah. So far, because I've never had worked in a team where you generally get feel where everyone has everyone's back, no matter okay. what. Yeah, yeah. Time inside work, outside of work. Um, so, yeah, Sakib, he won't like me calling him my mentor, but that's exactly what he is. And he made me better at what I do. He, made me, he opened me eyes to doing things and he made me a better person as well. Just a, just generally, as a person, made me a better person. Um, so, yeah, kind of worked my way through there, got involved in a lot of projects, recreated the induction experience and the boarding experience, won awards for that, the, the training. Um, and then. So, Probably, I think it was around, what I'm in now, 18, 17, probably around about 2016, I think it's 2017. Captain decided to come in and take contracts, and I was like, ugh, nope, they just throw barriers yeah. against, you know, they want you to do a certain thing. So I started looking on the market, and then Talk, Talk approached me. Um, worked Talk Talk for two years, just shy of two years. Um, their group experiential lead, well, designer lead, whatever you want to call it, um, helped shape their team was in a lot of the the interviews with kind of getting people on board. Had a great manager, Ian Turner, absolute awesome manager. And um, they say, you know, a lot of time you get behind your manager and he was he was someone who I got behind. He he wanted to change the world. Yeah. I think that's that's um that's massively important. And then well, yeah, stayed there um, and kind of probably yeah enjoyed my experience there. Worked with some great people, Louisa Fryer, Laura just Tamara, some just some great people, Richard Flood, and then kind of yeah. Um, I had ongoing conversations with Nick shackerson Jones, and um, one thing led to another, and then before I knew it, I was I was joining PA. And long story short, within a week, I, I decided PA wasn't for me. Yeah. Um, and it's just it's just a whole another story that LPI team of PA with Fab, Nick was ace, Babs was ace. And um, yeah, Kenner, the whole team with cool. the LPI team with MPA. Um. But I just realised, you know, I don't really want, I didn't want to waste their time. I didn't want to waste my time. So yeah, I decided to kind of leave within the week, which takes me probably right back to where we are right now. So at this moment in time, I'm um, in between roles. Um, you know, I've got a few people who are interested in me, but I think what, the one thing I want to do this time is rather me just jump straight into a role. I want to take the time and make sure everything's aligned, the ducks are in the line, kind of a culture, you know, the openness to being able to challenge, um, yeah, and that's where I am right now. So, but I guess going just going back to kind of why, why, um, why L and D. So L and D. So I guess in school and throughout uni, um, I struggled throughout school. I've kind of never really, I never really, took school. I love school, but I never really enjoyed it. To a point of enjoying lessons, and I wanted to. I wanted to, but it turns out went to left school, did a modern apprenticeship, used to building machines, and then at that point I was like, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not built for doing hard graft. <laughs> I'm just not. I'm, I'm built for being creative and challenging. And that's what I'm built for. So I decided to go to um, United Did forensic CSI at right. Uni. Um, reflection, at, you know. I worked, worked way in there for probably three years. And then on the last year, I decided to knock that in the head as well. And the reason why I knocked that in the head was because I, I made a very quick, I kind of added the dots up really quick. The problem is with criminal crime scene investigation or whatever you want to call them, taco, is the draws are so good that the only way you get to go into that is if someone dies or someone retires. And then when that happens, you're going to have five years worth of uni students all going for that one role. Yeah. And I just realized, you know what, it's gonna be it's gonna be a tricky one to get into that role. So why don't I just pivot and use that posh word of pivot or just change my ideas and go somewhere else. So that's where I went into Tesco. But on reflection, it was only in uni when I went through kind of assessments that they made me go through a bit of a dyslexic assessment. And it was only in uni where they flagged up I dyslexia and dyspraxia, which kinda of sums up why I always remember in school um, we were doing algebra and this is why algebra, I hate algebra and this is why I kind of um, I don't like it really because I remember in school I was sat down and the teacher was writing algebra on the board and I was sat there and I was thinking I understand what you're saying but I don't understand what you're writing I, I don't get what the, the two things are two separate things and I'd always have it in the school reports <laughs> really good nice guy and really, really good kid and whatever else but lacks concentration or whatever and I remember a teacher turned around to me and went, "Why are you not getting this? It's stupid." And I was just, it just, it's weird. Certain things within your life stick with you, and that was one of them. Um, he wasn't a nasty teacher by any stretch of imagination. He was a good teacher. Um, but yeah, it it just kind of, it's only once I was in uni that I kind of I just wish I knew in school I had dyslexia. But at the time, it was probably never even thought of. So yeah, I can't I can't blame school. I can blame school for. Oh, this is a, probably a different debate. I can blame school, how school is run now. I think that's fundamentally a massive mm. Um, But yeah, sorry, went off on a tangent.
1: D- don't apologise What amazing story, from building limousines to CSI to L&D. Yeah. Not many people have that journey. <laughs> now just, um, you've been very honest there in terms of kind of current situation and, and you know my feelings on that, I respect in terms of that decision and I think... For me, I think you're setting an example as to a lot of people. And it reminds me of I used to work with somebody and they they would say it was a member of their family, they said they just have this philosophy in life that if you don't like it, change it. And I really like that because it builds into this kind of working within your circle of influence. But what I'd like to do is it made me think of a question that we had from a member of the group that I think might help in terms of your situation now, maybe putting some thought to that for you in terms of next stages. And that is if you could only design or deliver one type of learning for the rest of your life so what by that they mean maybe digital workshops coaching whatever Mm -hmm. what would it be and why wow what a question I know do we know who asked that question I'm not writing it down okay uh, that's cool you Um, you know who you are and we'll give you credit for it yeah um
0: wow one type of learning ah I would create learning and uh, create a learning experience um and that's a very sharp get out. So the reason behind that is because a learning experience isn't one thing. It isn't one thing. I think, you know, a learning experience, i tell you what a learning experience isn't. A learning experience isn't e-learning. And no matter how much you change your job title and call yourself e-learning experience, you're not a learning experience designer. You're an ID. Own that message. And instructional designers, you are great at what you do, but just own your message and own your title. Um, yeah. I guess. Uh, yeah, it'd be a learning experience. I think... A learning resource is good if you need to get from A to B and you need to figure out what you need to do quick and you look at something like checklist manifesto books and stuff like that and that tells you how to do that. Um, and But an experience can have an impact which creates a memory, which creates better recall. That's kind of my rough take on it. So for instance, an experience, Let's you look at most bullies in school and stuff like that and you can always remember your favourite teacher's name. You can always remember your fa- favourite teacher's name or you can remember the name of the bully and why is that? Because they've had an emotional response on you. They've had a thing where you've gone, oh my God, I don't like this bully. How dare Dave be the bully? And kind of you associate your feelings to that moment. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's what learning experiences are for me. It's kind of creating that emotional nice. impact. That, yeah, that, that, that emotional jerk, which then in, in invites you in. And I guess before you even do all that, it's creating that environment. So a learning environment
1: nice so there's a bit of a follow-up to that okay so we know which type yeah. you would you would want to design and live the rest of your life if, if you're forced to choose what would the content be and why and what we mean by content is is it communication skills coaching onboarding, and etc what, what would the content be if you can only do one for the rest of your life what would it be and why oh wow um content i'm not really sure if it's content i think
0: I think for me, the content would be um, being creative. Now, I'm not really sure if this is get out, but I think creativity is something which can adapt. It's a bit like digital. Digi- the way I see digital at the minute is it, digital is like an egg, a normal egg, what you get from a shop. An egg, you can fry it, you can scramble it, you can boil it. But fundamentally, it's an egg. And you, as much as you can adapt it to certain different types of eggs, an egg will never be a steak, Yeah. okay? An egg is an egg. Um, and I think creativity is a bit like that, but creativity can express itself in different ways. It can express itself in pain, art, um, communication. And I think, yeah, I think it would be releasing the inner creative child, because I think the the branches which come off that can 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 go anywhere.
1: Yeah. Nice, lovely. Okay. Thank you. So, um, I'm really keen to one of the questions that I love that you've talked about on the Managing podcast. Um, I think anybody who works in the Deep will have a similar passion around the books and in terms of the reading. So, if you could give one book as a gift to somebody, what book would it be and why?
0: So, this is a really hard question. I enjoy asking this question on the podcast because it, it, it everyone reads so many books, but I think a good book is one which which can come to mind straight away and for me it's dice man and um the dice man isn't a learning book by instruction and imagination however you can take from a Man whatever you want I'll give you a, a real quick recap of what dice man's about basically he gets a bit bored of life and um, it starts out as a bit of an experiment so he lives his life by dice and if you ever want to do a good drinking game do this just me and my mate Sam went out with a dice and literally it was a, I can't remember most of the night but <laughs> So basically what you do is you create a dice and you can do the dice wherever you want. You can have odds and evens. And what you do is you attach two things to it. So maybe odds we go to this bar, evens we go to that bar. But what happens is it's about giving in and just giving it a chance. But within that chance, you still have a confinement. And freedom is giving, you know, making the choice but by rolling the dice. Um And that, for me, is, like, truth. I was having a a chat with Toby from Filter just there and was talking about this. Because a lot of people haven't read this book. I think I know three or four people who's read this book. And this book follows this guy. um, But what happens is his his mind starts changing. So he starts adding in more more crazier ideas, more adventurous ideas. I mean, at one point in the book, if I remember rightly, he gives one side of a dice to go and rape his next-door neighbour. So it shows you the graduation of kind of odds and evens yeah. to each side and then giving into it I don't think it does it doesn't rate the neighbour don't go wrong, it's not that dark. But um it just shows kind of how your mind changes and you you constantly want to edge for something a little bit more dangerous, a little yeah. bit more woo. Um but for me, the message of it was real simple is in life, you know, true freedom is is is, is hard to get. Because you've always got to impress people, or you've always got to listen to other people's opinions, but understand that true freedom is just literally making that choice. Do you want to go there? Do you want to go there? Do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? Yeah. Do you want to stay in the job, or do you just walk out? Yeah. I should have had a dice for me, shouldn't I have, when
1: I made that choice? <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, there's a, a brilliant choice, because as you were talking there, and, and, and like I said, okay, if you, um, the extreme example of thank god the dice didn't the dice didn't land on that yeah. side but there's the element linking into kind of our just our normal mindset or brain with that isn't there that as as we go through life and we have those different experiences we are more confident to step out of our comfort zone and maybe do that more radical yeah. even the fact that we're sat here today of relatively similar lengths in terms of l and d careers that if you went back probably six years we'd be uh, terrified of doing an induction. And here we are now doing podcasts that yeah. are hopefully going to be listened to by millions of people. And I think there's an element, isn't there, that, that as, we, as we kind of get get older is the only way I can put it, that we're more comfortable of stepping out of our comfort zone because we've had those experiences to tell us, well, actually, I've done that so I can go to the next level. I've done that so I can take that next step. What's, what's the last thing you did that really took you out of your comfort zone, Danny? Oh, wow. Um, personally or just professionally or? Anything. Oh, comfort zone. Um,
0: probably professionally, it was probably probably giving a talk. Hmm. Um, and when I say giving a talk, it's not delivery because delivery is in our, it's in our DNA, I think. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and we can we can rise to that. And, you know, we zip up and we, we go into this alter, like persona, and then that's good. But the difference between giving it to some people and giving it to your peers and people who know what you're talking about, and even though you know and have confidence in what you're talking about in your message, that's that that little voice still sneaks in. Um luckily one of my friends who I worked with Laura, she was there, she gave me some moral support. Um and it landed really good. The feedback which I got from it was like an, it was like nine out of ten, which it was unheard of yeah. on the feedback from it, oh. which was good. Um again, I think that's just because in my in my pitch I she's quite a bit of humour and um, so probably the talk, probably the talk is it's probably the most out of the comfort zone. Um, person, uh, out of the comfort zone could have been walking, you know, leaving the job within a week as well. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I guess. And yeah, that's an impact on both your personal
1: and professional life, yeah. business, so yeah, just a bit. <laughs>
0: um, I think personal life was. Yeah, I'm a bit of adrenaline junker. so I, I like I like fear. I like being able to try and push myself to the limit. I think you see that in a lot of. So I do. I did Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and mixed martial arts, um, and so yeah, I think the last one was probably a skydive. So I did a sixteen thousand foot skydive. Right. Well. Wow. <laughs> so I've done a few things. I've done base jumping and stuff like
1: that. But a solo skydive. No, oh, oh, that's this was, been this,
0: was, this, was <laughs> the, this was kind of you know rolling the dice and Dyson within the limits. Um, so, I had someone attached to me. Yeah. Um, and he was a good guy, actually. He was a good guy. The scariest thing was probably the base jump what I did. That was scary. You just jump off a mountain and open your parachute. Um, but I think this one was really interesting because we, it's really awkward. You're going up, and we sat on, the, on this plane, and I'm looking out the window, like, ooh, are we nearly here now, Mr. Backpack? He's like, no, mate, you're only 7,000 feet up. I was like, oh, Jesus. So, sat there, 16,000 feet, opened up the door. <laughs> You're like oh <laughs> so then you you wiggle and he's, he's attached to you so you're wiggling both of are just wiggling together <laughs> and then when you when you do a parachute you hang over the edge yeah yeah so he sat down and, and we was talking and was having a laughing joke and he went if you just look now between your legs you'll see and as i looked down he went go and tippled out so he was like doing these yeah, flips and rolls and clever. stuff it was so good it was so good um and another thing, you know, when you when you when you see the films and you pull the parachute and get pulled right up, you don't really get that. It just works that way. Yeah. Um, but I just I enjoyed the fear of living on the edge and thinking I'm going to jump out of a plane in a minute. But then the quietness as well. So when you jump out and the shoes yeah. open and it gives you things to control, it's so so quiet. And it was it wasn't a massively windy day. It was quite a nice day. Um. But I think being being in a moment with yourself is quite good, even though he's attached to you he must go through this and he must know when to be quiet and stuff. Yeah. But I had a guy who was video recording it and he's like, I will jump out first and then when you get down to me, we'll record you. But what we don't tell you when you skydive is, if you lie flat and put your head down, the wind coming up stops you from, you know, you, that's how you get your breath. Yeah. But as soon as you lift your head up for the guy to see, you can't breathe. <laughs> so this guy's like, lift your head up like that. My lips are going all over the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. trying to smile to the camera. It was a... Uh, Probably not one of the best, you know, It's moments. not going to be your profile picture, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, but that was probably, that probably living on the edge a little bit. Yeah. Um, The the, the base jump thing where you're going to jump off a cliff and you pull the parachute, that was a bit scary, just because it was in a foreign country, and I had no idea the guy was attached to me, so that was another one. <laughs>
1: Sounds like a, a a hangover film or something. <laughs> Next week I'm going to come home with a tattoo on the face. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but
0: yeah that's that's kind of I think I think you have a lot of I think you have a lot of uh, moments where it puts you out of your comfort zone mm. but one always tops another and then
1: another tops and that's growth right that's you developing yes Um. so I suppose the most recent one was that yeah two very good examples just the sentence of you run and jump off a cliff is probably <laughs> enough for anybody um, if you could go back and pick just two hours from okay. your professional life uh, to relive or kind of have as you know that that kind of ongoing repetitive in terms of the success in your professional life which two hours would you choose so i can split the two hours into two one-hour segments
0: is that right go on i'll let you awesome so um <laughs> i love i love communication i love i love i love having talking about learning and the future of learning or what the future is of learning and kind of just, just learning in general. So I like good com- like conversations. I think in a world now where we're constantly looking at phone, the, the art of conversation is um is not limiting, but you got a lot more stuff getting your attention. I, and these podcasts, you could talk for these for three hours. Yeah. Um. So I like the conversation aspect, and I like working within teams. And I guess the second hour would be creating. Oh God, I don't know because I like delivery as well. Creating, let's call it creating, because. I think there's something what you get when you're creating. You're in that, let's call it a flow state. And you're in that state where everything just goes. Your pencil's got kind of taken on itself, and you start thinking about this will link with that, which will link with it, which will bring background to that. And how will my people be feeling? What will they be seeing? What will they be feeling? What will they be doing? And then I guess it depends on how much of your experiences you create. Because if you're doing, say, something like a classroom, I think one of the things which we did as a team, me, Sakim Saheed, was we created how the learner moves within the room as well. So rather than just being, you know, you stand at the front, actually, how do you engage with, how do you move, how do you create the little huddles of conversations, Mm. and how do you, so, you know, experience, creating the the learning experience, yeah. One of the things we used to do at Tesco, which I can't take credit for, but we kind of, when we adapted it, was Undercover Boss. So in Inductions, what we used to do was Used to come to reception um, and then re- reception she was the time to sit in that hangout area. So, what me and Sakib used to do was we used to pretend we were new, we used to get our own little paths, and then we used to create these stories, these backstories like, I got sacked for watching adult material on my lunch break, and you know, this is why I hope they don't do a credit check on me and stuff like that. And the idea was to create conversation and awkwardness, but it was also to highlight the simple facts of the people in here, the heads of. We all dress the same as you. You have no idea who you're yeah. talking to. And then at nine o'clock, we'd probably say, oh, look, the trainers has not even bother coming to get us. And then at one minute past nine, we'd jump and go, where are your trainers? Come follow us for an induction experience. But it was creating that. Life isn't always massively saviors, but repercussions of saying the wrong thing to the wrong person could be and just be aware of your surroundings. Yeah. So yeah, creating and every single module we did something which was a little bit different. That's probably why it won awards. Um, but, yeah, creating the experience.
1: Yeah. Love it. Brilliant idea. And what, and I'm sure there'll be so many of our listeners thinking about this. Is As you're talking about there, it's making me feel like I wish I'd lived those two hours. So, yeah, brilliant examples and very closely linked as well, aren't they, in terms of how they, yeah. certainly from an L&D point of view. Um, okay, so thinking about other people now then, if you could give somebody, um, if you can give me... Yeah. Three sorry, I'm completely switching this around. If you can give me three tips to improve my life, so to kind of create this tenfold in terms of my life, what would those three mm, tips be?
0: The 10x question. i very uh, really
1: personal by making uh, give it me. <laughs> no,
0: no, no, no. So how to get so how can we 10x your work or your life or whatever? Um I think if you want to get good at L and D, don't look in L and D. probably one. Um and this is that's making the assumption that I'm good at NLD. I'm sure there'll be loads of people who say I don't, and that's fine. You can have your opinion. Um, but I think yeah, if you want to continue to be as choose a posh word again, of disruptive or challenging, look. Actually, it was Nick who asked me this question. Nick Shackleton, and Jones asked me this question. Where do you look for inspiration? I went. I look everywhere, but learn development for inspiration. He mm-hmm. was like, "Oh right, okay. Why is that?" I went because if you're doing looking for learn development for inspiration, you're always going to get what learn development are doing right now. Yeah. Um, so I will look everywhere but learn development to get that right? So, you know, marketing teams are awesome to listen to, understand understand how to do it. You know, the big buzzword at the minute is design thinking, but marketers, no bad person, a lot more closer on what learn development people do. Um, yeah, so that would be one. Yeah, love it. Yeah, do anything outside of L&D. Um, and number two, number two, number two, I'm be, I'm going to phrase this, be chica. yeah. be yeah. provocative. Yeah. Because, you know, you'll, you'll hear this in my podcast. From podcast A, one, all the way right through to podcast 20, my opinions change. And I think if you're so rigid in your opinion, you're going to get left behind. So podcast one, I might say, I don't like CIPD. Podcast three, I might be like, actually, CIPD is really good. And that's because my opinion is allowed to change. We're, we're, we're human we're up and that is fundamentally what we should be doing yeah. so be creative not be creative but be cheeky be provocative on the fact that if something's on your mind say something's on your mind use your tone of voice don't change your tone of voice to meet what you think the HR want and stuff like that because the reason you are here right now is because of who you are, who you are not because of what HR wants to be Um. so yeah be provocative challenge conversations and you know what stuff out there where you know you're wrong and see people prove you wrong yes that's what i'll probably say because the amount of stuff that you put out there and people go oh yes this is great fantastic idea then yes 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 but you're like no i actually don't believe what i've just put out there but i just want to see how easy it is for people to listen to that and go wow this is fantastic yeah so yeah be be provocative i mean was it was it three or two
1: uh, I, th- oh, I was taking the third one as the uh, don't be afraid to put felt. If you think you might be wrong, okay. Let's let's think of a third one. Let's think of a third
0: one. Um, and just it's nice to be nice. I think you know while you can be great at what you do. Um, don't be fickle. And don't hide. Don't yeah. People will see right through you if you're not authentic. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen it time and time before, and I guess people believe in people um but only the genuine
1: yeah lovely thank you three brilliant tips thank you and i think that bit about authenticity is right isn't it you know there's this humans whether it's this this all this habit we have that we do group together and i think yeah you're right those people who are authentic will naturally group and find other authentic people because we will see through and I think the only people who are not authentic end up with other people who are not authentic yeah. so there's that complete lack of integrity within that kind of group
0: yeah it's, it's interesting because I think you see this in a lot um people who are kind of out there and a bit different in the thinking and who who the whatsapp group the rock the whatsapp group proved its worth within two weeks of setting it up and it was just a concept which I thought I'll try it out it was never going to be what it's going to be what it what it is and it was just a thing of where well, I got to a point where I was like, "I'm just lazy. I wanted the information. There's so much noise out there, and so many contradictory things about one subject. Never mind the ten subjects. What's in development or whatever. And I just thought, why not bring the information to me? But actually, fundamentally, when I joined Elmdy, there wasn't anything like this. I thought it needs to be a safe place where people can be open. They can share ideas. They can and they can be themselves. They don't yes. need to be anything other than themselves. Yeah. Um. And it's just a shame, but to create something like that, sometimes you've got to sw- constantly swim against the tide. I mean, you look at some great artists and stuff like that. But it was always constantly going against the norm. Yeah, I think there's a quote. i a f- um, which, which is a, which is an awesome quote. And I kind of it was weird when I, when I left. It kind of it came out to me. It when I say it come out to me. I'm not like in some sort of guru like. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it appeared, but it it kind of did. Um, and and I, and I think. It's something which I, I, I like at the moment, and it, it's, it hit home. Um, let me just get it for you now. And the quote is, The reasonable man adapts himself to the world. The unre- unreasonable one persists in trying to adapt the world to himself. Therefore, all, pro- all progress depends on the unreasonable man. and that Woman as well. The woman as well. Let's get that in, because some of the best people I've ever worked with are women. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think that's that's spot on. I think you know we can all go left if we all follow that, but actually let's go right.
1: Yeah, so I was really uh, smiling, not amused in that because I read that quote in a book I'm reading at the moment. and it, it really resonated with me, and it, it is. I think it really stands out that this element. I think particularly from L and D, is you're right. Don't just go with the reason. Man, actually listen to the people who are challenging over here, and put stuff out there that you're not 100 percent sure of because that's what creates that discussion, that's where ideas are going to come from, isn't it?
0: Yeah, exactly. I think, you know, we've one of one of my one of my biggest posts on on LinkedIn was about using Instagram as, as a tool for learning. Right. And I was like, look, here, watch me make a cup of tea. I don't have to do any any script. Yeah. Any trainers notes. I don't have to tell you what I'm doing. You're just gonna watch it in set in what, sixty seconds. There's a little bit of like stickers saying, well kettle. Wait to catch or whatever. I was like, this is your, if you want to use the term michael this is your micro-loan. But actually it's not. It's just thinking about your user. Your user's on Instagram. So actually, why don't you create a little social media channel for misguided, let's say, and lock it down just for the use and go, right, for the next, next six weeks, we're going to do our engagement on our next management program via Instagram. Yeah. You can pin your stories. So, pin the top three takeaways of today's session was boom, 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 boom. And, um, and fish, where the fish live, I think is kind of is that whole thing. It, I, I guess yeah, it's I don't know it, it. It just comes back round to the fact of design thinking, I guess as well. Design thinking is another big buzzword, but any good designer has been doing design thinking before we had this label yeah. attached to it. Yeah, it's, and you can strip back design thinking, but fundamentally, it's just knowing your user. You can't know your user. You can only guess your user and kind of adapt. To it, but walk in their shoes. What are we going to see when they walk in that room? What are we going to feel? What are you going to feel when they open that e learning module? What are we going to do for this? What are we going to do for that? How are you going to feel? And you can't adapt it for everybody because everybody's different, but you can do your best.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that bit of knowing your users is interesting, isn't it? Because often we forget that we are users as well. So it's sometimes even saying, What do I want from that? Um, Thank you. So I want to ask you a question that came from the uh, WhatsApp group now, from Kat Nicholson. Okay. Uh, And she's asked, if a film was made about you, Danny, what would it be called and who would you want to play you?
0: Oh, wow. (laughs) Wow. Cheers, Kat. What a question. Um, What would I call it? I'll call it Life at the Tap End. So when when you were little kids, I used to always have the tap end of the bath um so yeah i'd probably call it that and probably a lot of people can relate to that so you was either getting burning cold taps on your back or freezing cold taps and every now and again you touch a cold tap and it'd be freezing yeah. cold water yeah
1: um, yeah probably, So that's probably you were younger sibling like me then because that's where i spent my childhood yeah it's, um, <laughs> so i'd probably call it that who would i Brilliant. want to play it who would i want to play it um
0: dead or alive anybody there's got to be an actor on it, so... Um, I that would probably yeah. help, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know who I would want to play? Oh, it's so easy to say that a character, a person, um, but we'll go with a, a guy, because sometimes there's, there's, there's girls in the world and she's got my quirky person out there or whatever, but we'll, we'll go with a guy. <laughs> um, I think I'd probably say the guy out of Guardians of the Galaxy. Is it, what's his name? Is it Summit Pratt, I think? Chris name? Pratt? Yeah. Yeah. Pratt, I'd probably, I'd want him to play it. Because <laughs> he he's not too serious, from what I can work out. Or of a guy who's, Ryan Reynolds, that'll be a good one as well. Another one who can take life too seriously.
1: Dead, Deadpool. Yeah, Testing my film <laughs> knowledge, yeah. We better not turn this into a <laughs> movie-based podcast, <laughs> yeah. have we? Uh, who are your heroes?
0: Oh, wow. My heroes, my heroes, my heroes. Should we do heroes professionally and heroes personally?
1: anybody who your heroes
0: are Um, who are my heroes who are my heroes okay professionally I think my heroes professionally are at this moment in time my heroes professionally wow what a question that's a really hard question that let's come to my personal one first so my my, my, hero, my heroes professionally uh, personally are my missus is my is a uh, hero and because she's a lot of it is completely opposite to me. So I sometimes I can get trapped up in the emotion or something. She's just put on me. if I if I cut my finger, it'll literally be the end of the world. Oh my god, gotta to get to the hospital. She'd just be like, Yeah, it's fine. She's just she's just solid. She just rock yeah, solid. Yeah. Um, and yeah, she doesn't freak out too much. And then if she does freak out, I know there's a big issue, it's a massive issue she's freaking out. Um, so yeah, my missus is is, is is vital to me. Um, my mum, my mum's my mum's another one. Um, my mum's always been there no matter what. I think I'll give you a bit of an insight into mum. So, and it's probably gonna go a bit bit more of a serious notice, but probably about when we was younger. My mum, my mum and my bro, my mum and my uncle, her brother. And it was always close, always close family. And my uncle got into bad way, got into, got into drugs and stuff like that. And he had a he had a son and stuff. And me and my me and his son grew up together. And pretty, my my mum was gonna adopt him while he right. got himself out. Yeah. My uncle now is um, a counsellor for people, so he turned his right. like upside down. Yeah. About three years ago, unfortunately, his son got into a bad way as well. And um something bad happened to him. So he he got in with the wrong crowd and he did something wrong and he went into hiding and then this crowd got hold of him. They stabbed him, threw him in the back of a van, um, God. took him out to sea, cut his legs off and threw him into the sea, and then we burst yes. over, over in, in kind of in, in the boat. It was it was it was all over the news and stuff, but it's only in real situations like that where, I mean. It's only in, in real situations like that where you can see how solid people are mm. and how the the there's certain people within families who who hold stuff together. And yeah. sometimes holding it together is sometimes a thing what goes against the grain. Um you know within within my family, I'd say my mum's definitely the glue within yeah. that. Um sometimes she's opinionated, but I think you've gotta be sometimes you've gotta be opinionated because I think if you don't, then everything stays the same. And so my mum's massively important, I guess. Yeah. And just throughout, you know, whenever you, whenever you, whenever I've gone to a point where I, I question myself and my abilities and, you know, people are going, oh, she's always been a person who goes, like, realistically, just have a look at what else is going on around your around and focusing on the one voice. Listen to the other 10,000 voices. Yeah, or yeah, Different. Um. So my mum's one. So my mum, Helen... Um and who else is important to me? Who else is important to me? My gran was important to me. It's actually it's three women. So yeah, my grand was important to me. and um, and she still is, even though she's passed away now. The stuff which she says to me and the stuff which she's kind of she's taught me um still sits with me now. Yeah. Um my grand. So my, my family's a bit nuttery. <laughs> we're all Irish, so we're all, we've all got... Like this no one temper- ever changed
1: the world by being normal. No, oh, this is it. We've got a
0: temper to... Um, and people say, oh, all Irish aren't the same. You know, They're not, but my family was was a bunch of nutters. Um, but my grand had this craziness to her, but I had this really humbling and subtling and soothing um, persona to her as well. And you could... You could sit there and, you know, the house would be like 10,000 degrees hot and you'd be half asleep. But she'd tell you about things like what she went through when she grew up and kind of, yeah, she was always hard. She was always kind of, she'd just crack on and get on with stuff. She used to have this, um, she used to tell a story about in a back kitchen, it was always like a coal shed. Yeah. And she asked my granddad to do it and he was like, yeah, yeah, we'll get around to doing it. And one day my granddad come back and my granddad knocked this wall down, knocked this whole coal shed out. And I'm like, <laughs> Wow. <laughs> So you know, I think there's a risk to where mine. I'm quite action oriented I wanted to just do and get on and kind of let's do, try it. If it fails, let's adapt. Try it, fail, let's adapt. Try, fail it. And I get, I think I get that from my uh, from my grand because she was exactly the same. Let's do it. Let's just get on with it. So yeah, probably my grand as well. Personally and uh, professionally, I. I would not say the heroes because I think heroes is a is a big thing to have, especially look, compared to my mm. personal heroes. Yeah, yeah. People who I look up to. So I think anyone who is challenging the difference, um, the different ideas I look up to. Um Barbs Thompson's a good person to look up to, she does things differently. Anyone from LPI team, yeah. Nick Jackson Jones team, they're all doing cool stuff. Um who else? Who else? Laurie Hoffman's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she she just joined Fuse as a chief learning officer. She's really good. Right. Yeah. Um, she she talks about digital body language, gets into the nitty gritty of data and the analytics behind it. Um, and there's someone in HR who I, who I really who I really like, but the name's gone. But HR because they talk all about the employee experience and kind of you know how people buy into a brand, and if your employees buy into your brand, they're going to stay with you forever. But the name has got It'll probably come back tonight.
1: It will. You'll think of it. Otherwise, we ask another question at 3 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, when I jump up out of bed, like, yeah. say some girl's name. But Mrs. wakes I'm sorry, what's going on? <laughs> yeah, you might not be her hero for much <laughs> longer after that. Thank you. Uh, thank you for sharing, I think, particularly the personal heroes. I think that'll really resonate with a lot of people. So, n- next question. The billboard question. So <laughs> if you could have a billboard somewhere in the world that would reach out to millions of people, what would that billboard say?
0: Oh, this is a really good one. And I, the one which I used, Nick Shackleton-Jones asked me the other day. So I'm, I'm going to say what that is, but I've got two. So one of them was, um, for every minute you are angry, you lose 60 seconds of happiness. But I've already said that I'm on a podcast because he asked me the question, how dare he? Um <laughs> There's one which was really struck home recently and just due to kind of ongoing rumblings, what I've heard. And it, kind of, it, it, it it's really important. So it was, um, you cannot whisper to the wind and not expect the wind to whisper to the trees. That's probably one which is, which is important to me right now.
1: Nice. Lovely choices. Uh, so, um, excuse me, sorry. Uh, another question from the group. Danny, what gets you out of bed in the morning? Uh, what gets
0: me out of bed in the morning? Right now, job hunted. Uh, so what gets me out of bed in the morning? I think what gets me out of bed in the morning is I, I like LinkedIn. I like I like social media, mm. but not too much of it. Yeah, yeah. And I think the thing what is with LinkedIn now is you know what? Everyone's allowed to have an opinion, and right now my opinion seems to be around learning, yeah. development, and kind of what what learning is and what employee experience is, and kind of how corporate business corps should should look at themselves a little bit more. Yeah, um, that tends to be an opinion, and the opinion could be right, it could be wrong, but the ability to be able to share your opinion mm-hmm. and have people hear you out and have good debate that gets me out. In, out of bed in the morning. But I think you should always try and create something every day. Yeah. Whether it be pants or whether it be good or whether you, you can you should be able to share something. Yeah. Um so yeah, creating creating gets me out of bed.
1: Nice. Yeah. I love that quote that knowledge is power, but it's only truly powerful when it's shared. Yes. Lovely.
0: Correct, yeah, and that, that's spot on. That's exactly what the WhatsApp group's about. That's exactly what this yes. podcast group about. Because this podcast is, is a bit of a branch of the WhatsApp group, but fundamentally, you've got 20 people probably by the end of this, who are all sharing a book of choice. So even if you take one thing from this, you're going to have 20 great book recommendations. What yes. So I'm like, well, you know, sharing is caring and I think, who recently, I had Amy, Amy Val on, and she's all about sharing. 'Cause she went through um and it really shook home actually when we got talking about it. She went through cancer or oh, she had a cancer scare or something. And right. it was um afterwards she was like, I just wanna I wanna be remembered, I wanna create something and I wanna share it because fundamentally when you go when you go to you know death's door or whatever, you go have so much information which you haven't shared. And my and that happened to my grandma My had so much information which she shared about my life, my family in Ireland, which I don't know much about. And I just think that's more personal, but actually professional. You're going to have so much where you can give. And even if, even if you, what you give is one question of why are we doing it that way or how can we do this differently? Yeah. Then you have shared something and I think that's, that's all it is. Like, you know, I think L&D really is fickle at a moment because all, all L&D is is people's opinions. You know, we can talk about what the future is and, you know, we've talked about this just before, didn't we? <laughs> yeah. We've talked about the future of learning is, but really can we because what happens if Tomorrow comes around and all of a sudden VR can't be done because there's a new virus and VR stops it. You can't you can you can't predict the future. Yeah. you can You can plan for the future to a point, um, but I think LND's is great for the fact that it's just based around opinions fundamentally. You can do all your science in the world if you want, but, but fundamentally, who's going to buy a book? You know what I mean. You can put all your science in the world, but unless someone's reading that book. So it comes from conversations of sharing, oh, I read this book and it was this and this is what I got from it. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Tony. Powerful stuff. So, back to that question I asked you earlier then. Okay. What do you now want to be when you grow up?
0: Um. um what do I now want to be when I grow up? This is going to sound really pants and pedantic. Um. <laughs> And we use this word way too much. And I don't believe really think anyone knows what this word means truly. A thought leader. But I don't want to be a guru. So yeah. I want to be a thought leader because I just want to have a bigger stage where I can say, This is why this is my thoughts. But everyone wants that, right? Everyone wants that stage to be able to go, look, you HR's a bit bobbins. You know, you're not listening to your people, you're not you're not doing this, you're not doing that, or you employ experience. How can you how can you turn around and go yes by the time they come in how do we address the situation of there might be a two week gap there how can we how can we plug that gap so when these people come in they they're a bit more speed to come to these, a little bit more quicker and stuff um, but I guess I would love I would love to just be able to talk about L D learning development and people 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 fascinate me um, but I don't think that role exists and I don't think I can pay my mortgage with that. So let's take that off and what do I want to be when I grow up? I just want to be I want to be happier and I want to be happy in the moment. I want to be happy in knowing but whatever I'm doing I've tried to give back.
1: Yeah. Nice. Nice. And you did a pretty good job of talking about L&D so far mate so you've just got to find the role that pays. Yeah. And today, <laughs> I, I did that conference talk a
0: couple of weeks ago and that was all about Kind of using social tools. It wasn't it didn't change it up. You know, it wasn't about this is a new way of learning. It's about actually just use the tools that you've got and create, yeah. create something. Um and I, I it was a really good experience because obviously we do talks and we, we do present into larger audiences all the time. But it's just it's just nice to you know that people who are sat there. Pain to listen to it which is different than
1: being forced there yeah I think that links to that giving back doesn't it that you know even if people are paying to attend a conference or one of your speeches or whatever it might be you are giving back because you're choosing to spend your time Sharing with other people who, who will go off and use those things, you know let's not kid ourselves if people pay to attend things, they're going to get something from it, yeah but even if it's just a free bag but so yeah, you're right, I think it's he's, he's, he's finding that right role, and that links into that element of that desire to give back
0: yeah, and I think you know there's a lot of people's work who have come to me and said, "How would you do this and how would you do that and they don't, they don't pay for the conversations or anything like that. And before you know it, it's, it's found its way into their learning material, what they're charging £900 yeah. for, for a course yeah. and stuff like that. Which is cool. That's fine. Because it's a conversation are all friends, right? Yeah. That's just how it is. Yeah, it's a
1: back and a compliment kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: exactly that. But I think one of the things which I can, it just does not sit back for me, is taking credit for other people's work. Um, While well, you don't have to say name and shame and go you know this piece of module this module of this work and the reason why you're all doing handstands against a wall is because of Danny's training idea. you don't have to do any of that but I just think you know if you see something good and you 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 think right okay I want to copy that then copy it but when someone asks you about it you just say yeah I've seen it from Tim's course misguided on Misguided and how to be an influential leader or yeah. What, whatever yeah Yeah, I mean, don't don't say it's yours, but just say, yeah, I picked it up along the
1: way and this is where I picked it up from. Yeah, yeah, and I think people sometimes we... I mean, I I really buy into that. It it is that kind of, you know, share and uh, go away and kind of use that, and there is the compliment of it. I think people miss that actually by crediting the source gives you credibility because it shows the authenticity, the integrity, rather than just this is all about me because people can go and find out whether it is or not. So, yeah, actually... You get more credibility by crediting where that idea's come from.
0: Yeah, and I think the problem is what you find a lot of times as well is people will... I think it's good that you can... Amy calls it, Amy Val calls it remixing, taking something and remixing it and adapting it to whatever. And I I like that term. I think it's really good Um, because you're basically saying, I'm going to copy your idea, but I'm going to remix it I'm gonna make it fit for purpose for what I'm doing. And maybe it's something completely different. Yeah. But I I like the idea of remixing and it's something I've only come across recently. And maybe that's just your whole mindset of changing it, you know, rather than copying or stealing, it's
1: remixing. Nice. That's that's an idea I'm gonna nick from you, Danny. Remix it. Yeah, remix it, that's it. And I got it from Emer just so it's on the record. (laughs) Okay, so at the beginning of the podcast, I said, I'd chosen four numbers for you, Danny. Yes. Um, so our, our regular listeners will know that this is part of the podcast where uh, we get the uh, person being interviewed to choose four numbers. Those four numbers represent something, which Danny is going to tell us what they are, Once I tell the numbers. Uh, and then Danny's going to tell us the four things that those numbers represent. They're the things he has to take to a desert island with him. And then he's going to tell us what he's going to do with those four things. So, Danny, if you want to share with us, as I say these numbers, what they are. So, for you, I chose number one.
0: <laughs> okay. A condo.
1: A condom? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll be interested to see what you do with that. There's desert island. Yeah. Uh, I chose number 55. 55,
0: 55, 55. 55. Um, some glasses.
1: Sunglasses. Uh, no, just some. Oh, sorry. Glasses. Glasses. Yeah. That's my lazy spectacles. Slur. Some, yeah, <laughs> spectacles. Number
0: seventy-eight. Number seventy-eight. Some tweezers. <laughs> Jesus. And number ninety-nine.
1: Ninety-nine. An iPod charger. Oh, an iPod charger. Yes. Okay. So go for it. What was we again? So, Danny, on a desert island, what are you gonna do with a condom? Yeah. Some spectacles, uh, some tweezers, and an iPod charger. Okay,
0: <laughs> okay, so ease one iPod charger. Gotta make a snare, with actually, to catch any any food to kind of survive, I guess that's my, that's my instant go to. Um, okay, there's one done. Um, specs, I'm sure you can use a set a fire with the glasses, maybe. Nice. Um, yeah, probably take the glass out of the glasses and use the frame for something. Yeah, that's probably what I'd do. Maybe it's a it's a frame for the snare. Um, the tweezers, the tweezers. So you'd think that's quite easy because they're a little bit sharp. But I don't know what you're going to be. At. Maybe I can use that to get the splinters out my foot. Because you know, maybe maybe I'm using my trainers for something else. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> um, and yeah condom. what I'd do with that is I would fill it with sand I'd tie a knot in it and I'd have you seen what's that film with um, Tom Hanks in where he's
1: cast away yeah Wilson
0: yeah that's what my that's what my my sand thing would be would be my Wilson because I think <laughs> if not I would lose my mind I'd need to talk to someone and yeah that, that's that's what that would be I guess
1: so you'd have a friend made out of sand and in a condom yeah just to help you stop losing your mind now there's a good chance that when somebody picks you up from this desert island and you introduce your condom sand <laughs> friend they might I think you'd already lost your mind a bit there mate I'd call him Boris as well <laughs> that would be my name for it Boris Boris the condom yeah fair enough 100% <laughs> very very uh, Inge- a lot of ingenuity showed there for your ideas. Interestingly, that number one on your list of things is a condom, but we'll leave that to people's <laughs> imagination, mate. Well, nobody <laughs> picks one. Nobody <laughs> picks one ever, apart from you. Two. <laughs> just because it's the first to May. and <laughs> that's just the way my weird mind works. That the numbers have to be associated with something, so. <laughs> um a lot um interestingly when he said ipod charger that was putting the fear of god into me because i was thinking if i was on a desert island with an ipod charger i'd use it as a noose because all that i tell me is you've got a charger but no ipod so you can't listen to music (laughs) so uh, i like your positive solution with that mate right brilliant that that brings us to a a close thank you very much danny thank you for giving me the opportunity to turn the tables on you on our Mind Team podcast so just um Tell listeners where can they find out a bit more for, uh, about Danny Seals. How can they get in touch with you? Yes, cool. Um, so
0: places to reach out to me at predominantly it's LinkedIn. I closed my Facebook down a long time ago. Um, LinkedIn is kind of you'll probably see my rant, but not ranting. They're just kind of it's just he's just they're just begging for a bit of chat, conversation, debate, yeah. or anything. Um, yeah, i have not really obviously selection and stuff like that. I tend not to do big. Articles because yeah. it's easier to spell check a, a paragraph rather yeah, than, yeah. rather than ten. <laughs> um, um, so yeah, LinkedIn tends to be go to um, and Twitter, which I I throw all in the, some, in the notes anyway. Yes, but that's, but that's a that's probably yeah the best. One. And reach out to me because I love just trying to. It. I mean, in the space of this week, what we well in the space of the last five days, I spoke to eight different people about eight completely different topics in learning development from lms to kind of use experience to ecosystems of lms to creating learning experiences to creating social communities so yeah just i, I like talking that's that's probably my thing i
1: just like talking <laughs> and nine centre stuff like i say it's probably all just gibberish anyway it's so. never a bad thing mate that's what keeps us connected <laughs> it's a good point it's a good point brilliant on that note thank you very much delney yeah. i'll see you soon mate cheers tim bye